Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, C. Smarty, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan, broadcasting live from the Wendy Studios. Have you tried their brand new, here for the summer only, strawberry frosty yet at Wendy's? Well, you should. You can get that sweet strawberry goodness those hot summer days when you don't want to leave the house. Go on, treat yourself. Even if it means canceling plans, trust us, it's worth it. Just like a summer fling, this treat is leaving after summer ends. There's no excuse not to treat yourself to the sweet strawberry frosty while they're here. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. The NFL schedule comes out on Thursday. Here we are on Friday. Time to talk about it with our good buddy Eli Berkovitz. On Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL, co-host of the Pack uh, underscore show and co-host on the Pack a Day podcast. We'll actually have Andy Herman coming up from the Pack a Day podcast coming up on Friday's edition of Curd and Long. Of course, also writes for CBS Sports and Packer Report as well. Uh, Eli, I guess first initial thoughts before we get into this about the Packers 2023 schedule that has been released. Looking at the schedule, I think the first things I noticed. And I mean, we knew this already with the opponents, but I do think it's a lighter schedule than we're used to, which isn't a huge surprise considering we finished in third place last year. Right. But looking, you know, I don't see like any real, like, I feel like every year there's always at least one, maybe even two, three to four game stretches that look really tough. Uh, looking at this year's schedule, I guess you could, you could look at, uh, you know, weeks 11 through 14, the Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, and Giants won't be easy, but still doesn't seem as tough as other years. Uh, another thing that stuck out was once again, opening opening week, week one, the Packers are on the road in Chicago. Should be a fun game, but this is now, the Packers have only played two home openers since 2013, which is just wow. seems, it doesn't make sense to me. Two out of 10 years, the last one was in 2018. So this is now four straight seasons on the road to start. I'm not a big fan of that, but um, I don't know. I guess that's just what they want to do to us. But I do like the end of the schedule as well, finishing with the Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. I think those are all pretty winnable games. Um, so if if they're you know managed to be competitive throughout the season, that last month you know could be favorable for that if they're going to make a push. Yeah, you know, it's funny on, on our current long podcast of Ryan Horvat and I do. I've been preaching leading up to the schedule that this is probably one of the most important schedule drops the Packers have had, mainly because you did not want a uh, ridiculously tough start for Jordan Love and the Packers. Because from a confidence standpoint in that locker room, from a confidence standpoint with the fan base and everybody else, you wanted the Packers to be in a situation to get off to a good start. 
Uh, and we had literally talked about, I'd be fine with anybody in the division in the first two or three weeks. I'd be fine with the Falcons. I'd be fine with the Panthers. I'd be fine with the Saints, uh, the Raiders. And literally, it plays out that way. At Bears, at Falcons, home against the Saints, and then Thursday night football against the Lions, Monday night football at the Raiders, and then you get a bye week. They have every opportunity to maybe be 3-2 and two or, dare I say, 4-1 and one heading into that bye week. And if that is what happens... Everybody is going to be on the Jordan Love train at that point. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I love the fact that, like you just mentioned, they're opening five games. I mean, I think the Lions are clearly the toughest team on that list, and that's a home game. And, you know, the Lions are a solid team, but we're not looking at any major, major contenders to start out and getting defenses like the Bears and the Falcons and even the Lions and Raiders. Like, none of those defenses are very good. So, totally agree. Like, Jordan Love great opportunity to start out hot, get some confidence, feel good about what you're doing. And yeah, if you go into the bye, even at three and two, like I think everyone's expectations of what this season was going to be needs to shift a little again. And we're not talking about a Super Bowl, but the NFC is as weak as I could ever remember it. And this team is put together really well for sure on the defense and even on offense. I think after what they did in the draft, it looks really good. So it's all going to come down to Jordan Love. I mean, if Love goes out there and if he could at least be a game manager and play with him the floor style, run the ball, get the ball to the tight ends, get the ball to Watson, I don't think like people are talking you know, about a four or five win season. I don't see why that should be the case. As long as Love can play decent football, I think a floor of around seven wins is, is pretty reasonable. And if they start out hot, who knows? Agreed. Totally agree. And I've been saying the floor of seven uh, as well, and after I look at this schedule, I could see him winning nine games, uh, easily winning nine games before this whole thing is said and done. Now, again, part of that is going to be the defense is going to have to be better than it was last year to give him a shot of winning nine games or more than that uh, at the end of the day. The other thing that stands out, obviously, there are no three road games back-to-back-to-back, which we've seen uh, a couple of times now in the last decade uh, for the Packers schedule, and you don't have like West Coast trip week after week after week. You have... Two West Coast trips, but it's broken up by the bye week where you go to the Raiders Monday night, get a bye week, and then go to Denver, and then that's it. Everything else is relatively close to you outside of maybe the Giants, and that's not that far to the East Coast uh, from Wisconsin. So from a travel standpoint, it really sets up nicely too. Yeah, I believe it was Packers Wire that uh, posted something saying that the Packers have the second uh, fewest amount of miles they have to travel this year, which is great because, like you mentioned, that has not been the case the last few years, and uh, that's going to help a lot. I also like the fact that they went with the early buy as opposed to last year where they chose week 14, which I'll never understand. You know, start out hopefully, start out solid, get a buy, get yourself together, and then go on a run. You know, the other thing uh, about this that I think uh, has everybody shocked, uh, and in fact, I heard the guys on the DA show on CBS Sports Radio when I got in the car this morning, that's what they were talking about, and for quite some time, that Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers, but Jordan Love and the Packers get five primetime games, uh, and they were absolutely floored and shocked by that. I'll be honest, I thought they'd get maybe two. I didn't see five. Now, grant you, a lot of these are towards the end of the year, so maybe they can get flexed out. But I think that kind of shows a confidence in, A, the Packer fan base watching these games from around the world, uh, and B, that Jordan Love, I, I'm assuming, they don't think is going to stink. Yeah, that was for sure one of the one of the things that popped out when I saw it come out, just seeing 
Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, Monday night, like all over the schedule. And like you said, I thought two, maybe three. Like I knew the world would want to see love and Packer fans are Packer fans, but I did not expect five. And then if you want to include the Lions on Thanksgiving, you're basically talking about six. And that's that's pretty wild. But like you said, number one, Packer fans, I would say, are the best fans in football, maybe in sports. So they're going to watch no matter what. And I think the world, it just really wants to see, you know, what's going to happen with love. I think behind what the Jets, Aaron Rodgers team is going to look like, Jordan Love and the Packers are maybe the second biggest mystery going into the season. The other thing that uh, kind of stood out is if you go from September 25th, the day after the Packers play the Saints uh, on that week three game, on that Sunday game, the Packers don't have another Sunday game until October 22nd. That's over, well, just about a month uh, of no games on Sunday for Packer fans. It goes Thursday night, Monday night, and then a bye week. So about a month in between Sunday games. Yeah, I, I'm honestly, I know a lot of people love primetime games, but I'm one of the groups of people that love just like noon, Sunday, get the game, go, win, and then like let me enjoy my Sunday because I just don't <laughs> like waiting all day. I really don't. Yep. So to see this, like, and other years, obviously, I mean, I do see that we have, I think, eight noon games, which is definitely more than other years, sure. but um, yeah, that, that's going to be, that's a real stretch of not playing on Sunday for almost a month. You don't see that very often. It'll be nice for the Packers, too, because there's that stretch right there in the middle of the schedule. When we talk about the 29th being that next Sunday game. Vikings and Rams at Lambeau at Steelers, home against the Chargers, where you can get into some type of rhythm. It's really the only spot on the entire schedule where you're allowed to get into a rhythm as far as when you're playing, where you get four straight noon games, three of those four at Lambeau. Uh, and that is going to benefit, I think, the Packers greatly in that stretch right there in the middle of the season. Yeah, for sure. It just will give them a chance to really get, in, get, like you said, in a rhythm, but also just in a routine where you're not worried about, okay, this game's going to be at four, this one's at seven, that one's at noon, we're flying here, we're flying there. You're basically staying in Green Bay, yes, one trip to Pittsburgh, but that's not even that far. All of the game's at noon, and you could just, for a month straight, really go on the same exact routine, same process, and if they're playing good at that time, and hopefully they are, that could be a really successful stretch. What do you think about Packers playing on holidays? No Christmas, but they get Thanksgiving with the Lions, an 11.30 start first game on Thanksgiving, and then New Year's Eve night in Minnesota with a 7.20 kick against the Vikings on Sunday night football. That's different. Yeah, that definitely is, and I feel like it's been at least probably, what, three or four years since we played on Thanksgiving, yep. so that's I mean, it's kind of exciting. I do enjoy very much like thanksgiving is probably my favorite day of football honestly throughout the year just watch football all day eat food it's pretty great so this will be a little more stressful but against the lions 11 30 hopefully you started off with a win and then you just enjoy thanksgiving and then looking at the vikings game that's you know it should be a tough one in minnesota sunday night football but it's going to be exciting hopefully grab a win and then walk right into the new year Hopefully that has some division title implications there, those last uh, two weeks at Vikings uh, and then home against the Bears. Because leading up to that, you have uh, against the Buccaneers in Green Bay. That's beautiful. Uh, and then at the Panthers. And uh, again, my, my thought is this, when you look at this schedule, when you play younger first-time starters, you want to play them earlier in the year. You don't necessarily want to play them later in the year when they've had a chance to see all these type of different defenses and get used to the National Football League. So providing Young is still healthy and not knocked out by that point, because he is a smaller quarterback, providing he's healthy, 
Uh, he's going to be a little bit more experienced than maybe if you would have got him in the beginning of the year. And that's why I like getting Ritter early. I like getting uh, Justin Fields early, who finally started to figure it out at the end of last year, but that's okay. Week one, I take him there. Uh, I like Derek Carr in his first year in New Orleans uh, in week three right off the bat. I'm good with that. Uh, and the, the Raiders and Jimmy G, uh, I'm good with that too because not a big fan necessarily of Jimmy G uh, as far as what he can do with the Raiders. Again, all of those games winnable. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of like the overall theme really looking at the schedule is that it doesn't seem just nearly as daunting. And so many of these games are like, at the very least, you're going to be in it and hopefully very real chance of winning them. And again, that's just why I, I don't think fans, like, yes, you have to temper expectations. We really have no idea what Jordan Love is going to look like. But I don't think going into this season with like, well, there's no chance we even get close to the playoffs and we're going to be a bad team and it's about 2024 and 2025. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we could go out this this year and win some of these games. It's not a very tough schedule. And you have as talented a team around a first-year quarterback, I think, as you're going to get or close to. The other reason I like that bye week early is if you look at last year, they didn't get this defense figured out until they got to the bye week and Matt LaFleur was able to go tell Joe Barry what to do. Uh, so this way, at least, if it's a struggling again five weeks in, they can make their changes earlier in the season if that defense is having problems or maybe even make a defensive coordinator change at that point if they want to. Yeah, uh, honestly, I, I'm always a fan of an earlier bye, especially when you're comparing it to uh, like last year, week 14, so this, like you said, whether it's offense, defense, any adjustments, it's going to give them a chance early in the season to stop any real problems and struggles. And obviously, I hope it doesn't come to it, but I think many fans are still wondering why Joe Barry's still the defensive coordinator. So with the defense they have and eight first-round picks and multiple free agent signings, if they're not looking good those first five weeks, I don't see an excuse or a justification to keep Barry around. There's no benefit of the doubt there. You know, there's there's nothing... There's no reason to give him more chance to prove something with a defense that, again, I don't, there's no other, I don't think there's any other offense or defense in the entire NFL that has eight first-round picks amongst their 11 starters. It's, it's, it's not a thing that happens. And to still be not even middle of the pack, but actively very bad, it's totally unacceptable. One last one for you, and I want to see where you're at. I am more excited about this year than I've been excited about a Packers season in quite some time. I'm like, I can't wait for training camp. I can't wait for the regular season. I'm in the same boat as I am with the Badgers as far as the new coaching staff and everything going on with their with the Badger football program. But I really cannot wait to see what this offense is going to look like with all these young receivers, these young tight ends, and of course, love a tight end, or a quarterback, I should say. How jacked up are you for this season? Yeah, uh, I can't lie. Obviously, I am quite a big Aaron Rodgers fan, but I am, I am excited. You know, it's just, like Aaron Rodgers looks in New York very excited. It's just when you got to change and there's something new and hopefully new in a good way, it brings excitement and it brings, you know, optimism. And I just, I really want to see love, but even more than that, like you mentioned, the, the weapons between Watson and Dobbs, we already know, but I'm so excited to see Reed, who I yep. think is quickly became probably my favorite pick of the draft, but even more so I want to see Musgrave and Kraft. I just want to see this offense with, real tight end targets that are actually getting targeted and to see what that could look like. Because when you, if you, you could put together an offense where two tight ends are making serious impacts every week. And then on top of that, you have two or three receivers that are obviously pretty talented themselves. That is very, very difficult for any defense to stop. And we're not even talking about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon yet. So it really is. It's very exciting. I think all the pieces are there for love to succeed. Now it's just up to him. 
He is Eli Bergevich. Check out his stuff. He's at Book of Eli underscore NFL, co-host of the Pack underscore show there on Twitter if you want to look him up there. Co-host of the Pack a Day podcast as well, writes for CBS Sports and Packer Report. Eli, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.